The first time is Chirp's live lit and music event held quarterly at Martyrs in North Center. The night's theme was First Fling. Roberto? <laughs> yes, Lizuriaga. He's a DJ for Chirp. And you can check out Roberto's um, show Monday nights. 10 to 12 p.m. DJ Zuzu. Sounds fancy. Guys, Roberto Lazuriaga. Mary and I met during my second summer working at the Boardwalk Concessions in Rockaway, New York. She was the older sister of one of the local businesses, business owners taking advantage of a seven-year lease with the city to sell food and beverages from May to September. Six weeks earlier, I had been dumped and uh, took my friend's advice to leave New Jersey behind and enjoy the warm, sandy beaches of the Rockaways. He owned an Italian ice shack directly next to the now legendary Rockaway Taco and uh, needed a full-time kitchen prep and ice scooper to comb the boardwalk of the aforementioned concession stands. Although just east of Coney Island in Brooklyn, Rockaway Beach is actually on the south end of Queens that basically wraps around Brooklyn like a crescent moon. Mary had started working in July, and with the help of uh, Independence Day weekend madness, she was there pretty much every day. Uh, while we were bound to meet at some point, the circumstances aligned that made a very rom-com-esque Hollywood producer's dream scenario. Boy meets girl, boy flirts with girl, girl laughs at boys, terrible joke. Like every day from Memorial Day to Labor Day, I started my morning in the kitchen prepping uh, my mobile ice cart. I walked by Mary a few times, noticing her diligently preparing avocado tempeh sandwiches with local bean sprouts from a rooftop garden in the Brooklyn Navy Yard. So hip. <laughs> While everyone in the kitchen, myself included, uh, were nursing hangovers from the night before, Mary was bright-eyed and radiating joy. Her blonde curly locks were extra fluffy from the humidity, and the red bandana was struggling to keep her, her curls pulled back. Her cut-off jean shorts and bright yellow keds told me it was her first day. Only half-kiddingly, I asked her why she was making me so many sandwiches. She smiled and replied, I saw you out there in the sun and I figured you might be hungry after a while. We exchanged nervous laughter and flirtatious banter, as you do, uh, with each other for the remainder of the summer, and, but we never dated. Through a series of conversations, we discovered that we were both single, and we both had just ended long-term relationships. And because Mary and her brother had, uh, were daily fixtures at the boardwalk, I inadvertently met Mary's uh, mother while drinking an iced coffee Mary had made especially for me. Meeting Mother Mary was like staring in the face of future Mary. And in the future, Mary was very nosy. <laughs> exactly. Uh, Mother Mary was very nice but was taken aback when I said I was from New Jersey rather than New York. Uh, she proceeded to ask me if I was married or if I had a girlfriend, to which I replied, no. I took all her questions in stride while Mary was beet red, clearly embarrassed, and clearly Mother Mary was not impressed. This went on for a few minutes, and then I excused myself. I, I really didn't think anything of it, and it was at the end of the summer, so everyone was leaving the beach. A few nights later, at, the end, at an end of a summer party, uh, Mary and I asked if I wanted to go see a movie. I said yes, but I also want, wasn't ready for a relationship, and she agreed and said, of course, just casual. From the moment we left the theater, it was clear that I loved the movie, and she 
hated it. She suggested to see the new James Bond film, Skyfall, and uh, then wondered why there was so much action in a spy thriller. Uh, and maybe Mary was just not into the movie or the date because it was then that I knew that she just wasn't into anything casual. She told me that she was looking for more than just a casual fling. And since I wasn't ready to dive into a serious relationship again, we agreed to remain friends. Mary and I went home separately that night and didn't speak to each other for several weeks. In that time, I had landed a part-time gig in Brooklyn for an e-commerce company and continued living in my friend's basement apartment in Rockaway. In October, I decided to visit Chicago uh, <laughs> to attend uh, a Halloween slash birthday party for some friends. Uh, while I was there, my mother emailed me. Uh, I want to make something very, very clear. My mother never emails me, like ever. She asked if I knew about a storm that was brewing off the coast of Rockaway called Sandy. She even, met me, she even sent me a link with a web, web, excuse me, uh, weather website tracking the storm, and I replied to her and told her that it's most likely going to lose strength and it's just going to get closer to shore, just like the previous year's Hurricane Irene, that eventually was just downgraded to a tropical storm. So really, no big deal. What followed was a series of events I wouldn't wish on anyone. The storm did upgrade to hurricane status and touched ground in Rockaway on the day of my return flight from Chicago. My flight was canceled, and five days later, I was able to return to Rockway to find 99% of my possessions were underwater. I lost everything. And I didn't have renter's insurance. So if anyone out there thinks you don't need renter's insurance, think again. <laughs> you never know when a hurricane becomes so strong that they rename it Superstorm Sandy. The next few months were extremely difficult, uh, both mentally and emotionally. For a week, I slept on a friend's sofa that was wedged into a closet in his two-bedroom, third-story third Brooklyn apartment, already overstuffed with him, his girlfriend, his sister, a dog, and two cats. For the next six months, I bounced around apartments of friends and family, and to be honest, my general outlook is to remain positive, optimistic, and things will work out. But I was broken. I felt like I had no identity. I was floating from house to house, but it felt like I was sinking with an anchor tied to my ankles. And of course, my friends at work knew what would happen and offered their support. And you know, one day I was talking to uh, my friend Emma about everything, and she knew I was having a hard time finding my own place. So she offered to have me stay in her mom's apartment in Manhattan while she was visiting France. Initially, I was skeptical, but I met her mother, and they both reassured me that they would, they would love to help me get back on my feet post-Hurricane Sandy. I moved in at the end of April and agreed to pay a monthly rent fee that was nowhere near the actual rent. I never, nor did I ever think I would live in Manhattan. And as luck would have it, I lived four months in a two-bedroom apartment in Manhattan's Flatiron District. Does anyone know where that is? It's kind of, it's kind of nice there. It's, it's kind of fancy. Uh, oh, by myself in the two-bedroom. Uh, the apartment had 15-foot ceilings, three massive windows in the living room with southern exposures, and it was so close to my new job in Koreatown that I could walk to work. No one walks to work in New York. <laughs> Everyone takes the subway. But I was walking to New York. Anyway, uh, I went from being homeless with only the clothes on my back to living in a posh apartment in New York City. My luck had changed. On weekends, I would take the A-train to Rockaway Beach to visit friends. 
One of those weekends, I bumped into Mary. She was so genuinely happy that I was back on my feet and my life was back on track. I showed her pictures of my palatial penthouse. She was intrigued and asked if we could have dinner at my new place. I agreed and we set a date. She brought dinner and two bottles of red wine. As I poured us both a glass from that second bottle, we adjourned from the dining room to the living room and Mary decided that she would be more comfortable sitting on my lap. She put her glass down, leaned into me, and kissed me passionately. We made our way to the bedroom and spent the night together. It was definitely a, drunk, a drunken hookup, but it did feel nice to wake up to someone and hold them close as the sun came up on another New York morning. Our fling lasted a few months until one day, I realized we were not on the same page. I was house-sitting for a friend in Rockaway and invited Mary over for dinner and drinks. We had dinner and got drunk and stayed over. She stayed over. Duh. Uh, everyone was going well. Everything was going well, but uh, around three in the morning, something kind of just, it, it just was not going well. Basically, we were both drunk and in bed, and she asked me a question that really wasn't her question. She started telling me that she had been talking to her mom on the phone, and apparently her mom thought I had a girlfriend. Clearly, uh, the question that Mary had was about our relationship, and so she proceeded to ask me if I really did have a girlfriend while we were in bed, right after sex, completely naked. I reassured her that I did not have a girlfriend and she decided to ask the question anyway and why was it her mom and just why now? She said it was fine, it didn't, ma she didn't matter, it's fine, but I knew it wasn't. She could tell I was getting a little annoyed so we decided to drop the subject and a few seconds passed and then she said something that, I, that just completely threw me off guard. She exclaimed, you're on your phone too much, you know that? I really didn't know what to say and why she said it. But in retrospect, maybe she was just frustrated and decided to complain that I am on my phone too much while we were in bed, right after sex, completely naked. I woke up the next day hungover and a little confused. And when I turned over, Mary wasn't in bed. I heard her footsteps on the creaky wood flooring walking towards the bedroom. And a few minutes later, she walked in the room. She greeted me with a pleasant yet reserved, good morning. And uh, I asked if she was okay. But I think I was just asking myself if we were okay. And clearly we weren't. But she didn't reply, she was on the phone. Mm -hmm. uh, I asked her if she was on the phone and she replied, yeah, I need to call my mom. So, Mary and I ended our fling when, you know, there were a couple awkward conversations and you know, we, we talked in person, but we just knew that it was clear that we shouldn't be together. And maybe I was wrong not to give the relationship a chance, but I knew it wouldn't be fair to her if I, if I gave her only part of myself. And that's, that's what I realized. The night after we hooked up for the last time, I laid in my bed alone and thought about everything that had happened to me. Getting dumped the previous year, meeting someone but not opening up uh, myself to them, and the hurricane being displaced, my thoughts consume me. I realized I could never give Mary what she wanted because I was afraid to give my love again. I was afraid to wear my heart on my sleeve, which I had always done with all my past relationships. So I guarded it and I kept it safe from being broken again. And per perhaps Mary could see that, but she also knew that I wasn't trying not to love her. I just wanted not to be alone, to have companionship and to enjoy life after so much personal tragedy. 
I knew we would never be together again, but our fling had served its purpose, and we remained friends. Mary still lives in Rockaway, teaches yoga, and is now happily engaged. And yes, Mother Mary very much approves. Thank you. that I ain't never seen before. I don't know what this is, but I don't want to see no more. Mama told me not to come. Mama told me not to come. You can find this and other Chirp Radio interviews and podcasts at chirpradio.org slash podcasts.